Welcome to Startup to Scale, a podcast by Food Bevy. I'm your host, Jordan Buckner. Join me as I talk to aspiring entrepreneurs, seasoned industry experts, and everyone in between as we unlock the keys to growing from startup to scale. Hey everyone, for today's conversation, I'm excited to talk with Allie, who is the CEO and co-founder of Sweet Logic. Allie, welcome. Thank you, Jordan. Excited to be here. I'd love for you to give just a quick overview of Sweet Logic and what your products are. Yeah, for sure. So uh, Sweet Logic is keto-friendly, a baking mix, and our main product is a mug cake mix that comes in. 11 different flavors now. Uh, and we mostly started on Amazon uh, and our e-commerce website. And just this year have uh, gone national with vitamin shop and are in about a thousand stores. Uh, so yeah, have kind of uh, grown slowly and sustainably. We started in 2018. Uh, so it's been uh, quite a journey. Um, but all of our products are low sugar, keto friendly, first to market with allulose um, in the baking mix set. I love that. So one thing that really stands out about how you built the company is that it's completely bootstrapped and you mm-hmm. take the approach of sustainable growth and profitable mm-hmm. growth, yeah. which I think isn't talked about enough. So tell me about yeah. that mindset and why you make that decision. You know, uh, our personal values are why we started this business um, because I have a history of hormonal imbalances and Matt, his family has history of cancer and diabetes. And so we started this company um, to fulfill our own needs and to uh, give us the product that would allow us to hopefully live long and, you know, spend time with our grandkids one day. Um, And our personal values have in terms of our personal finances have always been, uh, you know, to to spend less uh, than you make. And, you know, when you go into business, it's especially in CPG, that is not um, really the case for most companies in the first five years, you know, you're spending more than you make um, completely. And, you know, we thought there has to be a different way um, because we also want to have a life with our family here now and enjoy the present. And uh, as we started, you know, considering going to investors and you know, talked with other entrepreneurs who um, had taken on VC money, um, it just seemed like it was really stressful for them. Like they had to live up to these, you know, growth expectations. Um, and you you signed up for a boss, essentially. Um, and you also uh, p- potentially burned out quicker than um, if you had just grown slowly. So you know, we had talked about it and just kind of thought it would be best for us with our personal values and, you know, what we want from this business to um, just take it slow. And it is hard, you know, because as, as, you know, an entrepreneur, I'm high achieving and I compare myself to others and I look online and, you know, everyone else is growing so much faster than me and they got so much more distribution and, you know, they're crushing it at this and that. And I'm like, well, you know, we're chugging along, like we're doing it. So it, it is a different journey. It's not for everyone, um, but it's just another way, thing to consider, you know, when you're looking at if you want to raise money or not, there's, there's options. And, you know, it's always so interesting because we talked about this too, but 
you see companies who are like making these big headlines or getting giant distribution. And then next thing you know, six months later, they've gone out of business. And it's really like unfortunate, but the public kind of awareness and, and PR that happens about companies doesn't always align or match what's going on behind the scenes. And so it's natural for us. And I do it all the time to compare myself with like other brands and other founders. Um, but yeah. then just keeping that in mind, like you never know what's actually happening. <laughs> it's so true. Like, uh, there's that postal service song, like that everything looks perfect from far away, you know, it's like, yeah. yeah. And all of these headlines are about like fundraising. They, they raise this big round and you never hear like, you know, this bootstrap company was profitable this year. And, you know, the founder had, um, you know, a great relationship with her husband and had to spend, you know, lots of time with her daughter. It's like, that yeah. doesn't make the headlines because that's not very sexy. It's <laughs> well, and then you realize too, that like the reason that a lot of companies and the founders need those headlines is that's what's going to fuel their next like investment round or that's yep. what's going to fuel like this consumer awareness because they have to get the word out. Otherwise their business is going to close. <laughs> totally. Yeah. It's like this facade that you have to just keep like, funding and keep it's, yeah. it's this race that you have to get on and um yeah we we kind of opted out for that so so that path sounds great and I know a lot mm -hmm. of founders listening will think like yes I want to figure out how to do that um mm -hmm. what was that path like for you did you have to keep a full or part-time job to make it work mm -hmm. um what kind of steps did you take yeah, so I definitely have the privilege of being married and my husband earning an income that can pay for our lifestyle. And so I recognize it's not um, like that for everyone. Um, so we also, before we uh, went, in, we started Sweet Logic, we both had high income jobs as engineers and were able to save like 70% of our incomes for four years. And so we used that as um, the startup capital for sweet logic. So I do realize like that that is not the case for everyone. And also our product is fairly easy to manufacture. You know, it doesn't take a lot of capital to start, you know, mixing product and putting it in a pouch and putting it online. Um, you know, so I think that first year, like we invested 12 grand into the business. Um, and that first year, and then the second year we invested like another 30 and did like 150k in revenue and now we have a total of about 75,000 in the business and we'll do about um 800k hoping for I don't think we'll get to a million this year probably next year um but yeah it's um so I I like to be like transparent about that because it's not not everyone has a husband that can pay for their lifestyle so um <laughs> it it has been um, a privilege for that. Um, and that's kind of how we've made it work. Um, I think that's incredibly key because mm -hmm. it's important for founders to build the company around what resources they have or don't mm -hmm. have and that's decide true. the path based on that, right? Because mm -hmm. I talk with founders all the time and there's that view of like, should you quit your job and go into the company full time with no other income um, yourself or, or from a spouse, or do you like work part-time and work on the business nights and weekends? Mm -hmm. And I tell everyone, there's no one right way. It's just what fits into your life and your needs, because, totally. you know, while you do have more time to focus on the business, if you are doing it full time, it adds so much more stress and can wear on you to the point that you burn out infinitely quicker or get into bad situations where you take 
investment money and give up equity when you really shouldn't have because you feel forced to. That is so true. And that actually, we tried to go all in on the business initially in 2018, and we both quit our jobs. And it was just so hard on our mental health because we were just like, saw the cash going out. And, you know, we had these expectations in our minds that we'd be making, you know, X amount by this date and it didn't happen. And it was just too stressful. So yeah, then Matt went back to work and that's kind of how we found the balance of like um, sustainability and growing, um, but also honoring our mental health and, you know. Yeah. And I tell you, like with um, when I started the T-Squares, my mom's actually a chef and has a commercial facility that she does catering out of. And so we were able to produce T-Squares out of a licensed commercial kitchen and essentially pay no rent for like the first couple of years. And that saved us thousands or tens of thousands of dollars and was a competitive advantage that, yeah, I was very aware that was a privilege that I had to be able to do that others didn't um, and to save those resources there. But you're right, like mental health is extremely um, important in this mm-hmm. space and most people don't talk about it. So I'd love for you yeah. to share like your journey with <laughs> the mental emotional aspects of being a founder. For sure, yeah. This was one side of entrepreneurship that I don't think I expected um, is like the mental toll of going all in. You know, I gave up my career and I've been working at this for three years and um, you face a lot of rejection as an entrepreneur, you know, you put yourself out there consistently, uh, with buyers, with, uh, you know, you try new things that don't work. You get customer feedback that you don't like, and, you know, just reading Amazon reviews, like, will stab you in the heart, like, <laughs> cause it's your baby, you know, your business is you, you put all of yourself into it, This, you know, especially when it comes from, uh, a a need that you've had. And, um, you know, the mental toll of facing that consistently and also, um, not having, you know, I haven't had an, I haven't taken a salary for three years. So the mental toll of, you know, thinking that the, the cost I've given up of like, I could have kept working and making this money, um, is hard. And it's a sacrifice that you make, trying to keep the vision and the bigger picture and the goal and the future in mind. Um, but for me, uh, it's, I've had to set boundaries um, in the business to make it sustainable for me. So the first thing I hired out was customer service uh, because I, I am not uh, great with uh, feedback from customers sometimes. <laughs> I, yeah. I cannot be in the email. I can be way too sassy and, uh, <laughs> sarcastic and you can't do that when you're CEO. So, <laughs> um, yeah, scary. that was, that was the first thing I, um, then the Instagram DMS, I, um, offloaded that as well. And the Amazon reviews, I don't even read them anymore. Um, I have someone else read them and then they compile, you know, the general themes of like, if there's quality issues, that's something we need to know. Or if, uh, if there's a general theme of, uh, like an ingredient that isn't sitting well with uh, customers or something. You mean you um, don't like seeing messages from random internet trolls? <laughs> <laughs> that are so mean. No, I can't. And then it just like ruins your day. You know, when you read something like that and and you're just like, why am I even doing this? Like I could be, you know, sitting at a cush job, like making good money. And instead I'm like just getting harassed. 
by these people who have spent $14 on my product. Right. Like <laughs> I made $3 from that, you know, like, it, yeah. like imagine <laughs> someone on the street being like, here's $3. Now I'm going to tell you how much you suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, you're right. This is like, it's so straining, just like all parts from the feedback to Mm -hmm. the craziness that happens from like manufacturing and sales. And there's so much as a founder that you just like have all that weight and all that pressure on you. Totally. Yeah. And you know, there's no one to blame except yourself. Like I, you know, for instance, we just had an issue with our co-packer where we lost, you know, 10 grand of product because it was stored improperly. And Uh, You know, I could blame them, but it's ultimately on me. Ultimately, it's my money. Ultimately, it's my product. I should have communicated better with the storage requirements of the product. You know, I should have, you know, been there to see where the product is and how it's being stored, you know. And so ultimately, like, I can't blame anyone else but myself, which is really hard to mentally. Well, you know, with that, you know, this is probably the most challenging thing, right? Like, even when you do like a ton of things, right? Things can mm-hmm. still go wrong. And right. it's it's hard, right? Because even in just what we we're just talking about, you the manufacturer stored the product incorrectly and you lost money because of it, right? Like it's tough because like, okay, they should have known better <laughs> to store it, right, right? But that mindset doesn't get you anywhere. And so you're in no. like this weird self-feedback loop where you're like, it's yeah. their fault, but it's also my fault, but ultimately I'm responsible and there's not a right answer. And yeah. that's what's hard is just figuring out how to get to a place where you can take a breath, accept mm-hmm. what happens and solve for it next time and learn from that. Totally. Yeah. And adjust expectations around, Mm. you know, things going right all the time, just expect things to go wrong. I think that's what one thing I've learned is that, you know, it's things going wrong. Isn't a sign that I'm doing it wrong. It's a sign um, that I, I own a business and things are going to just go wrong. You know, is being a founder made you more of a pessimist? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, actually, I think it's made me more of an optimist. <laughs> Ooh, I like it. <laughs> yeah, because I've had to be, you know, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> otherwise, I think if I became more pessimistic, I would, uh, bur- I, I would burn out and I, I would, you know, quit. So, yeah. I, um, I was talking to my wife about this, but I was like, when I was like really in the heart of it, I had to develop this, um, mindset where I would hope everything would go right, but mm-hmm. expect everything to go wrong. Yep. That's and exactly right, it. like it's, it's this dual thing where you, you can't be surprised because if you go into a situation and think it's going to work out, right? Like a ton of things don't every single day, yeah. but you can't just stop. Like you have to move forward. And so you mm-hmm. have to both be optimistic and cautious, or I'll say not pessimistic, but like realistic, at least that yeah. like problems will, will go wrong or problems will happen. Things will go wrong. Yeah, it's definitely made me more realistic and, and having that, you know, hope and that it goes right. But like hope with an asterisk, like Mm -hmm. let's like, yeah, let's hope for the best, but prepare for the worst. Yeah. Do, um, as you've grown, have the problems gotten easier or harder in managing with the business? They've gotten, uh, bigger, but I've grown in resilience. So I think they've, you know, 
now I look back at some of the problems I, you know, thought we had um, in the past. And I'm like, wow, you know, that wasn't even that expensive. Like that was like a $500 problem. And I was like speeding <laughs> myself up for it so much. And, you know, I think you, your perspective shifts. Like yeah. one thing I, I always keep thinking about is like, you know, you're an adult when you realize like a thousand dollars, isn't that much money. Yeah. You know, I'm like, that's because like when you're a teenager, you're like, oh my gosh, I have a thousand dollars. Like, <laughs> this is insane and now you're just like oh okay another grand there it is cool <laughs> you know like that's why i always tell other founders too is that exactly what you just said the problems actually get bigger and bigger as you grow you mm -hmm. as a founder just get better at riding the wave yes totally yeah exactly well, Ali, thanks so much for joining me on the show today. I love yeah. all of the perspectives and tidbits here and hope all of our founders find it incredibly valuable. So thank you. Yeah, thank you so much, Jordan, for having me.